everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. And those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living? Or are you killing time? What's going on, lifers? Let's get it growing. For those of you who are on the Wisdom app, this is actually the first episode that I will be dual streaming. So I'm also uh, doing the, the podcast right now and I'm dual streaming on the Wisdom app. So uh, first time ever doing that one. Hopefully it goes well. Not sure how it's going to turn out, but we'll find out. Uh, those of you who are listening on the Wisdom app, this will be episode 109. So if you want to check out the actual podcast version of the show, uh, head over to whatever your favorite platform is and check it out there. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into one of the verses of the ancient Chinese philosophical writing called the Tao Te Ching. And uh, you know, I'm just getting back from vacation and getting back into the swing of things. Uh, this is the real uh, first vacation I've had in like two years. And I know a lot of people who, who don't even have the luxury of going on vacation right now. So I'm not going to uh, boohoo like I have over the last two years that this is the, the, the first time I've been able to go and that I haven't been able to go. I've been beating that drum incessantly for a while. Um, but I just know how fortunate I am to be able to go anywhere at all right now. Uh, but while I was there... I was able to really just like unwind and center myself. It's something I've really, really needed to do for for quite a long time. Um, you know, and, and when I say I unwind, I mean I never really unwind. Let's be honest. People who listen to the show, people who know me, know that I don't unwind very well. Uh, but I, I do have to say, I was able to just take a break from all the other obligations that I have going on in life, and I was able to focus on just me and what was going on and do some of my inner work that was really the work that i was trying to focus on while i was there because it's something that i've just neglected so much over the past couple of years and you know i was really focused on a, a few different things for this trip you know i was so out of touch before and really during certain parts of this trip because of how really like front and center my life has become over the last few years uh, it's it's definitely a, a a shift for me you know and it's it's not even that big of a deal it's big fish small pond kind of thing in the, the area that i'm in but um i definitely have had to grow into this more public person because i've always been such a private person and this show has just gotten bigger and the, the political stuff has just gotten bigger uh, that i've been doing so it's it's definitely a change and uh, of course like having to embrace the necessary evil of the uh, social media monster I, I really despise social media but unfortunately it's it's like a necessary thing that you have to do if you're in all of this stuff so here i am putting myself out there 
doing this look at me thing, you know, and I've never been that kind of person. But now here I am, I'm posting pictures of my personal life, everything that I'm doing, I'm driving this flashy car with a LTL for live this life license plate on it and, and bumper stickers for live this life and stuff on it. And it's just, it, it's in doing this self promotion. It's not really who I've ever been. And it's really been hard to integrate into a whole different way of trying to carry yourself. So to get centered, I took a break uh, and I was very intentional with when, what I was doing when I went into this vacation. You know, I, I, I digested a whole bunch of stuff and moved through a whole bunch of things during that time. Um, and, and I actually brought a copy of the Tao Te Ching with me on that trip for just that reason. Now, if you're not familiar with what the Tao is, it's a collection of Chinese philosophical writings that date back all the way to like 400 BC, uh, you know, back when China wasn't anywhere near the kind of place that it is now. Um, it was actually full of culture and richness and ancient mystique that really has stood the test of time in a lot of ways. Uh, it's really been kind of unparalleled throughout human history. Uh, but the ancient philosopher Lao Tzu is credited with the creation of the Tao Te Ching and was the inspiration for actually a lot of different religions uh, and philosophical texts. And throughout the centuries, um, like Chinese Buddhism and Confucian Confucianism, uh, all those uh, other religions that are similar uh, were very much influenced by the Tao Te Ching. But um, it, it actually became a faith of its own, believe it or not, called Taoism, and uh, you know, which I guess in its in its simplest description, I guess you could describe Taoism as uh, like uh, the practice of learning how to exist in, in harmony with the universe. Um, but it really is. It's an amazing philosophy, faith, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I would really steer away from calling it a religion, but all of the words are really sort of intertwined. Um, you know, I've said it so many times that, you know, a belief is what a philosophy, a philosophy is what a faith, a faith is what a religion, a religion is a belief, a belief is some sort of organized set of concepts that could be turned into a religion. So each one of those words is a plan. Another we can go around and around forever, uh, but we won't, but it's all relative to a spiritual experience essentially, which is unique to every single person individually. And so I, I would say that the Tao is really one of those, those beliefs or faiths that I would, if I were to create a pie chart of all the different types of spiritual beliefs that I subscribe to, uh, I'd say it's probably one of the biggest slices of that pie. You know, it really was the faith that ultimately turned me on to omnism and flowed me right into sort of like a whole multi-dimensional, uh, multi-denominational belief system. And as I get further into the series where I, where I talk about the Tao a little bit more, um, you'll see why. You'll see a lot of these great philosophies and how absolutely beautiful and inspiring and heartwarming some of them are. And they, they really just give you this like sense of calm and connection and knowing that makes you feel like you're, you're sort of uncovering knowledge that you knew all along. Um, but something you, you, I guess, can't live without once you start to sort of dive into it. Um, but I'll actually, I'll say this about the Tao because I'm very objective when it comes to all the different religions and, and their, their pluses and minuses. Um, I'll say that it, it, one of the things that made me say I'm, I'm not an actual Taoist is that there is just a lot of the non-action when it comes to the Tao. You know, the world just isn't going to change with non-action. You know, this podcast isn't going to produce itself with non-action. So, you know, I, as much as I love it, I have to put that out there. I can't fully resonate with the, the non-action portion of it because it's such a pivotal part of that 
spiritual belief system um but it's a wonderful faith in and of itself and full of so much philosophy and wisdom to ponder things in life so that's why i'm excited to start the series i'm going to um, take a page out of a, a playbook of one of my mentors that i had coming up in my spiritual journey uh, his name's brandon beecham he's actually the the host of the positive head podcast and he goes into some of these texts and stuff and sometimes he just randomly pulls out something or he pulls out something that he was called to to talk about rather than go from the front of the book to the back of the book. So um, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm sort of picking the first thing that came up, which happened to be the thing that was the most in alignment with me and that vacation. And rather than going sort of like a linear way through this book, um, you know, everything in our lives is so linear. We're, we're trying to really break myself and, and listeners and people that I do life coaching with of the linear way of thought. So, you know, let's throw some randomness in there, break away from the program a little bit. Um, so this new series that I'll do on the podcast, I'm simply just going to call it uh, the Tao Te Ching and then whatever philosophy it's related to. Uh, in this one, we're actually going to start with one that, again, I was very much inspired to talk about this one and it just plopped right in my way. And that is being like water. So it's funny because another thing came up with Bruce Lee at one point and he was quoted and it's played all over the place, but it's this famous clip and I'm going to play just a couple seconds of it. For those of you on wisdom, I apologize. The sounds probably going to be horrible. Um, but this was a very quick clip that Bruce Lee said about this subject in 1971 in an interview. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. And I love that one. I remember seeing that clip so many times over the years. And I guess before I really started to dive into all these underlying spiritual concepts and everything, I, I kind of just glazed over it and, and it just kind of looked past this thing. Um, I, to be honest, I was never really a big Bruce Lee fan back in the day. Uh, he was very animated and cheeky, even in this video. Um, and I just kind of, I guess, blew this, this whole thing off for such a long time. And I wasn't really into those things. But as I began to look into more philosophy and, and really started to go through my own spiritual journey, and I started to study the Tao, this popped up numerous times and I finally kind of got it just recently. Um, and, and just, it was like, yeah, he, he's definitely diving in on something that's an absolute truth. Um, and he actually famously didn't believe in any religion as well. Uh, he didn't even really consider himself a Taoist. And uh, he actually, he studied the Tao, but he didn't believe in it to be an actual religion. So, in, in many of the verses in the Tao, um, there were so many profound concepts, and this was one of them, this, this parallel of us and nature and how we need to return more of a state uh, to a state of nature. And if, I guess if you can get your hands on any of the texts involving the Tao, any studies of it, um, find one that dives into the verses and then dissects them. I have an awesome text where it goes through the verse and it actually has a breakdown of line by line of what they, they might actually mean. And I found it really cool. I mean, you can do your own open interpretation of what the Tao might be saying, just like you could do with the Bible, any religious text. But it's great to just hear what people's interpretations are. It sort of like helps you dissect it a little bit more. And when I actually read into this book, um, I 
tend to read the verse first and kind of like let it sit and marinate and sort of see what bubbles up for me as my own interpretation and then I'll read someone else's rather than dive right into their own interpretation. And I remember reading this one and again, it never really had any real significance to me until this particular trip. Um, the, the, like I said, the Tao just corresponds to so many different universal laws and natural laws and philosophy. And actually, the yin and the yang is one of those things that pops up all the time. It's actually the, I guess what you'd say, the, the symbol of Taoism is uh, the yin and the yang. And um, it's, it's basically reflecting the law of correspondence, a lot of universal laws like correspondence. Um, and it's actually the, the symbol when you look at all the different religions, you'll see a cross for Christianity and you'll see a whole bunch of other things. And when they, they mark Taoism, they have the yin and the yang. Um, so like so many different things in nature and how the Tao reflects those things, universal law, uh, it, it basically, it puts all of the philosophies of the Tao on display. And the universal law is something that the Tao constantly says that we should be returning back to. Things like nature is ever-changing and it's ever-flowing and it never stays the same. And it's always making progress and evolving towards something more complex. And even the most rigid things in nature can still be cut and destroyed by water. Whether it's, you know, a small stream that can eventually cut through granite and make a valley or, you know, maybe like a, t a tidal wave that can destroy an entire coastline, entire cities. You know, it's, it's something that can take life away, but is also absolutely necessary for life in every single form that we know it on this planet. It's necessary for all things. And it's just this force of both polarities of both life giving and life taking but it's an all-encompassing whole so that's what the yin and the yang represents is sort of that, those sort of forces within nature and you know the the yang energy is 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 really part of the big imbalance in today's world you know it's it's got the restlessness the the, the productivity we always have to be on the move this this aggressiveness this dryness this stiffness it's it's always needing to be uh, going and going fast at everything. When yin, yin is a bit more soft. It's less rigid, non-changing. It's non-reactive. It's it's it famously, uh, I guess, reflected in the way in the, the thought process of action through non-action. And uh, a majority of our culture celebrates. A majority of the cultures of the world celebrate the yang elements of, of always being busy, and it looks down upon the yin. So. Everybody in society is always trying to do something. They're always trying to break themselves and, and do something more because our society basically boasts it. I mean, if you go on some of these apps like Clubhouse, uh, you'll see that people are always in there talking that you have to, you know, the grind never stops and, you know, you have to always be busy. And if you want to make it in this world, you can't take your foot off the gas. You know, it always focuses on doing rather than being. That, that yang energy celebrates also something that's kind of bothered me lately, but it's just spinning up even more is cutting off other people's opinions and beliefs and, and being extremely rigid on your own and not having any sort of way of accepting other people's concepts or alternative points of view, you know, and we see that so much in today's culture. We just see that yang energy out there so much, but the balance is definitely uh, very far out of whack and 
I needed to incorporate that other type of energy because I found myself doing all these things I just mentioned. So many people are focused on that, whether you know it's it's becoming something or someone. They they want that title, that dollar amount, the you know the getting somewhere. They want followers on social media, whatever it is. They're constantly trying to grind to get there, and there's just none of that being. It's just doing, and like I said, I'm absolutely guilty of it and it's kind of it's almost embarrassing at a certain point it's not the first time i've done this in my life i won't dive into my my story for some of you who haven't listened before but um very busy hectic life where i've had many breakdowns i've let success get the best of me and done too many things at once and it, it caused a whole host of problems and shifted my life in a whole different trajectory but then ended up doing it in a whole different way, doing the same exact thing with different vices and just becoming extremely busy and trying to constantly force everything, constantly forcing the efforts of making something of myself again in a whole new area. You know, why do we do that? I never understood that. Why do we always return to these things and these lessons that we thought we learned? Well, maybe we didn't integrate them good enough. And this was that test that the universe likes to throw at you. You go and take the class, you take the pop quiz, um, you know, before the final exam comes up, another pop quiz could come up. And that surprise pop quiz is going to prove whether or not you learned that lesson the way you were supposed to. And apparently I didn't because all sorts of turmoil started to happen in my life because of the busyness. No matter how much I was claiming that I was present, that I was claiming to have learned the lessons of the past, here I am preaching this to you guys and I'm doing it again myself. But why do we do these things? What what sort of influences do we see out in the world? What are the pros telling us? You know, like they're telling you you have to work seven days a week, ten hour days. You know, everybody tells the famous stories about how Elon Musk sleeps at work, right? Yeah, well well Elon Musk has been divorced like what three times now? And then all these other stories that are coming out with him with the wacky stuff that goes on in his life. No thank you. Like if that's what success looks like, that's the barometer of success, no thanks. You know, what what is it that we're trying to constantly do to be noticed? And what is it that we should be actually fighting for? Should we maybe be doing less fighting and forcing and turning to the lessons that nature and the universe have for us as the answer so we can find that balance in our lives? I ask this because of the vacation I just came back from. Um, for some of those who, uh, those of you who listen to the show, um, I live in Massachusetts. My favorite place on the planet is Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, it's I, like my second home. It's it's really my true home. I'll be living there likely in the next three to five years. Uh, it's been a dream of mine for such a long time. And when I go there, I completely recharge. It's it's famously the place where um, John F. Kennedy had a place and he did the same exact thing like he went out there and collected himself through all the stressful times that he went through in his life and i've had some of the most enjoyable times of my life there with the people i love the most and you know i get to leave the world behind while i'm there i get my mind back i get me back um i get my center and i let my train get back on the rails and figure out what direction i'm going to take next and i guess that's what was missing over the last couple of years because we hadn't been able to go there and just without that you just constantly stay in grind mode until you purposely take yourself out of that position so you can actually do a reset it's almost impossible to do it otherwise unless you're extremely strong you you've 
conditioned yourself through these things and you can realign yourself in the midst of the storm if if that's the case then kudos to you i'm not quite there yet so there i was on that first morning of my vacation after two years of being away and i sat there at my favorite sort of like hidden beach uh, I have this favorite little place. Actually, I have a tub of the sand right in my my studio that I'm recording in, right behind me. Um, and I actually have a, a good section of it out in my yard that I go and dip my toes into anytime I want to. And I'm sitting in the sand, this place that I dreamed about being about for at there for you know two years. And I'm sitting there, coffee in hand, just smelling the salt air. And I just, for the first time in a couple of years, felt like a blank slate. So. I'm sitting there enjoying my morning. I pull out my phone and I had a whole bunch of videos that I saved for just moments like this. Things that were just inspirational, things that were just gonna make my mind sort of melt and get me inspired and just get me back on the rails. So I hit shuffle on the playlist and the very first one that popped up was by Wayne Dyer and it was a short talk about him being like water. And he talked about the Tao Te Ching and how it teaches something completely different than the lives that we live right now, that we're always out there trying to do things. And we always have this look at me attitude, but the Tao Te Ching tells us something different. It tells us, uh, you know, the sage, they say that over and over again, which I actually had to look that up. I didn't actually know what a sage was, like I kind of sort of knew, but it's a person who is of profound wisdom. Uh, I guess I'll be a little judgy here and say it's kind of opposite of the typical influencers that we see out there sometimes. Um, but a sage can be seen as someone who has very sound judgment. Um, and the sage, if they want to have influence over someone, then they speak softly to them. If they, they want to be in front of someone, they stand behind them. If they want to learn from someone, they have to be quiet and listen. And they learn lessons from the Tao about the rivers and the oceans and how the rivers and the ocean are the king of a thousand valleys, that the valleys feed the rivers and the oceans because they lay lower than them. And even though the valley has its, its loud waterfalls, its roaring white waters, eventually they all flow into the ocean because the ocean stays lower and slower than them all. And so here I am, I'm listening to this talk by Wayne Dyer, and I'm literally 10 feet from the ocean edge watching the waves. And, it, you know, coincidentally, I actually had the Tao Te Ching with me. I bring a couple of books on vacation. Uh, one of them happens to be this one on the Tao. The other one's called Oneness. Uh, it's a fantastic book. If you haven't picked that one up, go and find it. Um, so I went back to my car and he's talking about uh, verse 66. And actually, I have it right in front of me right now, so I'm gonna read it very briefly. Um, Verse 66 of the Tao Te Ching says, Rivers and oceans can be the king of a hundred valleys because of their goodness in staying low. So they can be the king of a hundred valleys. Thus, if the sage wishes to be over people, they must speak humbly to them. If they wish to be in front of people, they must place themselves behind them. Thus, the sages are positioned above, but the people do not feel burdened. They are positioned in front, but the people do not feel harmed. Thus, the world is glad to push them forward without resentment because they do not contend, so the world does not contend with them. 
And then amazingly, I dropped the book. You know, I was like sitting there. I went to go put it down and look kind of up in amazement. Just great, great chapter verse that I needed to hear right at that moment. I dropped the book. And as I caught it, I lost my page. And it opened up to verse 43. And I always see those those stupid little coincidences as something meaningful. So I'm like, well, it opened up to that page. It's super short. So I actually read it. And amazingly, it actually pointed more towards Wayne's talk than verse 66 did. So I'll read this one briefly. So this is verse 43 from the Tao. The softest of things in the world override the hardest things of the world. That which has no substance enters into that which has no openings. From this, I know the benefits of unattached actions, the teaching without words. The benefit of actions without attachment are rarely matched in the world. And so I'm, I'm listening to these and, you know, I, I just, I don't think there's any coincidence in the world. This is exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. You know, the softest things of the world offer no resistance and they often overcome the hardest substance. You know, it was both of these verses put together right there in that exact moment that just left me breathless. It was in those moments, I guess, when you least expect to find something profound like this, it pops up. You know, when you least expect to bump into that person at the store that you, you absolutely needed to see that you haven't seen forever, or the song that pops up that was the exact thing you need to hear at the exact moment. It was one of those instances, and those always blow me away. So here I am. I had to ask myself, was I in a place where I was actually willing to contemplate and actually implement what he was saying this this value of non-action as a form of action was i willing to put that grind beside was i willing to actually stop all that action all those things that I was telling myself that were so important over the last couple of years of trying to grow the podcast of trying to do the political stuff that i'm doing of all the stuff that i'm doing was i willing to put all of that on hold so i didn't feel so overwhelmed and stuck in everything else of that was i was beating that drum where did I want to go next? And I couldn't really figure it out. I needed to find a solution. Was I willing to actually take on non-action as a form of action? It's one of the main philosophies in the Tao. It's actually called Wu Wei, which means non-action or effortless action. Or I think actually it says the action of non-action. But sometimes to get somewhere, we just have to stop and allow the silence to guide us. And I was, I was, feeling stuck leading up to this moment and, and I was asking for guidance. I was asking the universe openly when I sat down at the beach that day with intention of, all right, I'm here. I'm quiet. I'm happy. I'm shutting everything down. I'm shutting everything off. Talk to me and, and hear these things were these very profound, very loud statements that were there telling me what you needed to do and interpret these things for yourself. Um, you know, I was doing all these things and accomplishing all this stuff and feeling more lost than ever and more overwhelmed than ever. And, you know, this, this comes from society, like I said, but it also, for me, had come from so many people around me in my life that overwork themselves as well as a way of life. It's almost like they distract themselves with too many things to do so they don't have to focus on themselves or the real true hard work sometimes. Some of these people, I would qualify them, and I'm going to be judgy again, is them having no life. They're constantly focused on the doing and the grind, and they they don't know how to have leisure time. They don't know have a, a, a sense of being. You know, they're unhappy. You can just plainly see that they're unhappy with their lives. And 
ultimately they become unhappy with people around them and the world around them you, you just it's it's like a byproduct and from my perspective those people are extremely shallow in their lives their personality they they just they have no depth or meaning or purpose it's a purpose that they feel like they need to have so that they don't have to have substance maybe um, I, I don't know I can't figure it out everybody has their own vices that they have to basically figure out on their own um, so I had to ask that same question to myself I had to ask myself was I sitting there distracting myself putting myself through all these different things for the sake of not having to do some sort of an inner work because it's it's easy to stay busy it really is it's even harder to focus in on yourself and realize I need to do some sort of inner work and uncover these things and dig through the demons. That's actually really hard. It's hard to recognize that at first. And then it's even harder to actually do that work. It's easy to just find a bunch of things to fill in those gaps and cover up that window so you don't have to look through it. And I was thinking to myself, maybe that's what it was that I was actually doing. But it's tough when we get stuck we end up in places that we just don't intend to go because i've been here before i've been at that exact place before like i said before um you know it was a stark realization that i was starting to go down that road again and i had to ask myself what the hell was i doing i'm modeling myself after these people rather than modeling myself after the person that i preach to other people that they should be on this show but it's tough. We, you know, like I said, we get stuck, we get lost, and, and when we're so caught up in the weeds, we just cannot see where we're going in our intended place. So you know, the most important part, I guess, when that happens is first, you, putting the brakes on the train, you know, whatever it is, and realize that you're lost. And the second part is finding your way out. And once you get out, make sure that you don't do what you did to become lost in the first place. Um, you know, and I did this time. I needed to enter that state of nothing, that calm, low, and slow state, like Wayne Dyer said. We sometimes call it the zone. You know, athletes get there, artists get there, musicians get there. Um, and, and honestly, you can't really try to get there. You get there like in meditation. You you get there just through a state of calm and and just being simply being doing something that you are just vibing high in and you just get there because if you try to do it the only way to get there is just through simple being and non-action and if you try to get there that's an action so you can't get to the place of non-action by giving action right i know it's a super confusing stuff um but actually i want to find a brief section of this clip and play uh, what it was that Wayne Dyer was actually saying when I was sitting on that beach because it is profound It's an amazing amazing video. So I would like to play this one real quick This one is Wayne Dyer talking about being like water change the thought from notice me notice me to What Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu calls living in obscurity becoming more obscure. We live in a uh, celebrity-obsessed world, don't we? Look at me. Notice me. The Tao teaches something completely the opposite. Listen to the 66th verse of the Tao. Water again. The sea stays low. And because the sea stays low, all of the rivers and all of the streams empty into it. 
because it stays humble, because it stays in that place of just allowing everything to come to you. He was trying to teach us the important lesson of uh, letting what we know is coming come to us. Verse 66 of the Tao. Why is the sea king of a hundred streams? Because it lies below them. Humility gives it its power. That's a very important principle to understand. And I live on the ocean, right next to it. It's my front yard. And always I watch it to learn something from this thing called the ocean, which is the most powerful source of life that we have on the planet. Without it, there's no life on this planet. And because it stays low, so what does this have to say to us? Do you have the capacity to get past that ego need to always be saying, notice me, look how important I am. I mean, there's been a proliferation of this lately with this celebrity silly stuff, isn't it? I mean, CNN is doing, you know, full hour shows on, uh, on silly little things about what happened to this particular celebrity or what happened to that celebrity. And the celebrity's never even done anything. And it's, uh, there's all of this talk about it and all of the new magazines. I mean, and you look, you go into, through an airport and you look on the newsstand and all the same photos just with different magazines. I don't even know what, what the names of all of them are, but there's like this huge market now that we have for people to get into a state of notice me, notice me, notice me. And how much do we train our young people, particularly in our schools and so on, that the one who is the star is the one who gets the most attention. The one who is uh, the most important and the most valuable is the one that has uh, the most people liking them and so on. This constant obsession with needing to be noticed. When in fact, what I have found for myself is the the happiest moments of my life are when I can do it low and slow and not have anybody out there even know what I'm doing. And I found this clip so profound because he's right. Some of the best moments aren't the ones where we're, we're trying to hold our phone and catch the shot of the sunset. You know, it's actually sitting there and watching the sunset, not taking a selfie of yourself with the sunset, you know, and granted, maybe you want to share that experience, you know, no judgment on that. But if we're doing that all the time, just for the sake of trying to get that shot, are we really there? Are we really being present in those moments? And if we're always so focused on getting someone to notice us, always getting someone to uh, see how important we are, what are we actually doing in our lives? Are we living for ourselves? Are we living for other people? Are we always doing something for the sake of being noticed? when you're not doing those things it's when i've found some of the most peace it's some of the the best moments of calm and and presence and being that i've had in a long long time it, it in the Tao always teaches these parallels and comparisons of human nature um uh, to universal nature and how human beings nature to water is always such a parallel it's always it always comes up in a lot of philosophies you know, we as humans, we think we're so advanced. We think we are so evolved in our modern world, um, but we are so separated from the natural world so much. And nature is so much smarter and further advanced than we in our tiny little human capacities ever will be. You know, we have 
all the opportunity in our lives to be like water. We can change our state with a minimal effort like water. You know, we can change from a solid, hard, immovable object to something that's flowing and fluid to something that is fast moving and light and can barely be seen just like water. But we try to outsmart nature. You know, we try to outthink its simplicity. I mean, these concepts seem so simple, but for some reason, we, we try to move away from natural order. I don't know why we do that. I can't understand it. I mean, I, I guess I do understand it because it's through social conditioning, like I said before. We assert ourselves on nature all the time, everywhere we go. You know, we cut things down. We, we put up buildings, you know, where beautiful trees used to be. We block up rivers, you know, and now we even attempt to control the weather from things that I've read recently. Uh, but ultimately, the intelligence that created you, that created me, uh, you know, the trillions of life forms on this planet and the, the trillions of stars in just the tiny little dot of our Milky Way galaxy, it knows far more about perfection and simplicity than any of us in our insignificant tiny little human existence ever possibly will yet we do nothing to follow and reconnect to that intelligence on a daily basis a lot of people don't and when you finally do you start to experience a much more profound sense of being and connectedness and actually make leaps and bounds in your life that really can't be matched some of the biggest leaps in my life have come on the heels of taking those moments and being more present and actually finding myself unstuck when you can get yourself out of those those areas of being stuck by actually doing nothing and you know I, I guess I don't mean by never doing anything but I mean you you take yourself into a state where you're not doing anything because of course the world needs to change by doers people who are, are dreamers and doers and and putting things into action I'm talking balancing life out like the yin and the yang of Taoism, that you are balancing the doing with just being and you allow that time in your life to be there you you don't have somewhere to go you don't have something to do you don't have someone to meet you, you know no music no phone you just go somewhere and be with your thoughts without a deadline you know and it sounds impossible and i know i said I, I go to the ocean and i had this video playing right away but it was sort of while i was drinking my coffee and then usually i go into a meditation for a good half an hour to an hour afterwards put some headphones on so i don't have people um uh distracting me and i'm just there in nothingness just nothing but my thoughts and it's getting myself to just the lowest and slowest state that I possibly can. And it's usually in those times that everything actually flows into that state, just like Wayne said in that talk, that all of those little tributaries, all those little things in life seem to flow into that state of being low. So like the ocean, let what needs to flow into you flow in. But the only way we can get there is to get away from that look at me mentality, that, that dopamine hit that we get from the likes and the comments and everything else and the followers. Take a break from it, even if it's just for small spurts. And I know it's necessary. A lot of people who are in the social media world, they, they make money off these things. They, it's part of their lifestyle, it's part of business. I totally understand that. But you have to take those contrasts. You have to balance things out. It's natural law. You have to have the laws of correspondence. The swing to the left is equal to the swing of the right. All that stuff. I've done episodes on universal laws and stuff. So if you're interested in that, go check them out. Um, otherwise, if you're not doing those things, you're just there 
living to impress others and you're not having a sense of presence in those priceless moments that could be there and therefore you're losing some of those greatest gifts that we get in life they, they call it a present they call it the present for a reason it's a gift so i'm gonna actually end this episode it's gone on quite a while i want to thank everybody on the wisdom app for tuning in we got quite a few people in here right now um for those watching the actual or listening to the episode or watching it on YouTube, um, we're going to close this track with a song from Soul Rising. Those of you on the Wisdom app, you're not going to catch it. If you want to hear it, you're going to have to tune in. Um, this one is from my favorite album of his. This track is called Slow Down off of the album Electronic Flow. And I will close this episode out with this. A humble person seeks the lowest place to exist while the arrogant are always thinking of the highest spot they can climb to and that virtuous people are like deep pools of water it's hard to tell what's going on under that surface because they run so deep be like water reflect your best self onto the world we'll see you next time